Okay. Hey, good evening, Facebook family. I already see that Patrice Gage is on the line. What's going on, Patrice? I see you. Uh, you've already reacted. Um, this is the Blended Family Guy. I have the amazing Dr. Sandra Steen. This is going to be a good one, guys. Why? I've seen the work. I also work with Dr. Steen, but I've seen what she can do, how she's affected not only my life, my performance in corporate America and in my consulting, but also I've seen her affect and go into corporations and literally transform them in terms of leadership top down. So this is going to be a great show because we're going to be talking about the top three things that are hindering your performance. This is going to be a good one. So how do you want to, how do you, how can you help me? I need you to share this, share it often. Remember sharing is caring. Sharing <laughs> is caring. And this is going to be a good one. Here's why. One, Marcus Holmes, the blended family guy. Remember my transparency is your deliverance. My transparency is your deliverance. We have real topics on this show. We're not fronting. We're not putting on the facade. I have failed quite a bit in life. And through that failure, I've learned. Like John Maxwell says, sometimes you live, sometimes you learn. I mean, sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. I want you to understand this. If you can learn from my mistakes so you don't have to commit the same one, then we're winning, right? Yeah. So this is going to be an, it's yeah. just going to be one of those real in-depth um, conversations we're going to have with Dr. Steen. Now, I normally try to go an hour, but being that I'm the executive producer of this show, <laughs> if we need to go two hours, we can. Now, Dr. Steen, I promise we won't go two hours. <laughs> Thank for you. time is valuable, people. <laughs> but you're going to be able to share this um, and see it afterwards. It's going to be a really great show because we're, we're talking about going into meta, right? The metacognition. We're going deep on how people can really get after their their destiny. Start going after it and seeing why that things are being interrupted and it's because they're on blind spots. So that being said, if it's your first time seeing me, the blended family guy, bit of background. I'm the blended family guy. I married my wife 17 years ago, uh, this past April. We're going on 18 right now. I have a 25-year-old daughter who's absolutely wonderful. She has my heart. And here's the here's the good thing. Here's the good thing, right? Um, I also have a seven-year-old, so we started over. And we're doing great. We live in the city of Houston, Texas. And I'm going to tell you, it's been, it's just been awesome. It's been an amazing journey. Um, through me sometimes even wanting to um, uh, go through divorce. But I'll tell you what, I had a, I had some praying saints, and I also had some not-so-praying ain'ts, and those helped me as well. So I'm just telling you, boy, I, I'm going to tell you. So, so here's, a, here's a good thing, and, and this is, I, I attribute this to Dr. Steen. When you place yourself in the seat of accountability, you have people that when that 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 help you, and I'm going to tell you this much: Doctor Steen um, turned me on to the marriage counselor that saved my marriage. His name is, uh, oh my goodness, Doctor Jones. Jones, yeah. Doctor Jones out of San Antonio. Right. 
I was at wit's end. And after I talked with that man, me and my wife went through some marriage counseling. My marriage was saved. So I'm letting you know that when you place your seat in, when you place yourself in the seat of accountability, you place yourself amongst leaders. One of those leaders sometimes has the key to unlock and unravel or unravel the tension. And I'm going to tell you what I thought was tension in my marriage. I was actually just being a punk. I was just actually needing to mature and man up Mm. and not taking so many things seriously. That's why we're going to, we're going to touch on this inner child, right? Because Dr. Steen told me about my inner child, but Dr. Jones, when it came to marriage was helping me see a blind spot that I had in relation to my wife. So I'm just letting you know, guys, that this thing is real. This show is real. If you want fake and if you want um, sound bites for TMZ, you're not going to find it here. But if you want something transformational, if you want to be reached, it's here. So we're about to dig into this, Dr. Steen. It's going down. So I got Colette, um, amazing person. Um, I can't remember. I think Colette is also in Maryland. Um, Well, hello to you, Dr. Steen. Um, You might remember Colette. She works with Taria. But good people, good people. Hi, Colette. Yep. And then we have Aunt Cookie. That is my wife's aunt. That is Crystal's mother's, uh, one of her best friends. Um, She's always on the show adding support and adding value. So I see that she's also um, uh, giving a little shout out there as well. All right. She used to work work at uh, New Birth under uh, Bishop Eddie Long. Uh, Oh, wait. Wow. I think probably what about 10, 10 years ago, maybe now. Um, but she used to be one of the writers for his show. Yeah, I did. Yeah, he won an Emmy. Okay. On the writing team that for them, one of the producers. So um, good stuff. Yeah. Hey. All right. So let's get into it, Dr. Steve. Give, give the audience, if it's their first time meeting you, can you give a little background about yourself? And, and we'll start diving right in after that. But please go ahead. You have the floor, Dr. Steve. Okay, Marcus, it's always hard to just talk about yourself. <laughs> I've, been, uh, I've been doing what I do for a long time. I started out over 15 years ago and I launched a company, Sandra Steen and Associates. And that company, at the time that I launched, that company went on to win every major business award, International Business of the Year, um, Ernest & Young. We were the top 10 uh, uh, 40 under 40. So that gives you a clue how old I was then. But uh, <laughs> we had an amazing launch. I had over 15 full-time consultants. We were traveling all over the world. And um, we were working with Fortune 500 companies. Matter of fact, I was looking at the top 50 companies in the world and 25 of them were my clients. Amazing, amazing. It was such an an amazing, amazing journey. And uh, from that, I was in all the major corporations and doing what I loved. It was kingdom work in the marketplace. And we saw so many lives being transformed. It was exciting. Uh, We saw so many things happening, results and measurables. And I got to meet some extraordinary people and travel uh, to just about every 50 state. I mean, all the 50 states and uh, to so many continents. I haven't been to Africa and Asia in a couple. I've 
miss, but we were literally everywhere. And that just kind of gives you a little briefing. Now I'm in Houston, Texas. And part of the reason I came to Houston, Texas, because I didn't want to continue to travel 20 days out of every month. And uh, Houston afforded a great opportunity with some major Mecca businesses here. I was very, very interested in getting to the oil and gas business. And then I got here and found out people like Shell Oil did not hire people like me. Hadn't happened in 15 years, but God, um, I was one of the first consultants hired in over 15 years. And when I moved here and I had a year long contract with Shell, extraordinary leaders. And uh, we were doing a lot of leadership coaching, training and working with their top executives. And it was just a joy ride. So it's been wonderful. You know, and we're going to touch on this as well, Dr. Steen. There are people out there, women, men, it doesn't matter, small business, large business that are trying to figure out how do I get into a Fortune 50 company? Towards the tail end of this broadcast, now you got to stick with us. Dr. Steen is going to give you some of her personal rationale. What is her process into getting into a Fortune 50 company? Guys, I want you to realize, do you see that little note at the bottom of the top 50 Fortune 50 companies? At one time, Dr. Steen was working with 25 of them. That's amazing, guys. Um, and then I want you I want, I want you to understand something. It is not by happenstance that a company like Shell, who at one point was Fortune number one globally, after 15 years of not hiring anybody to do consulting, organizational redesign, leadership training, hires her. That doesn't, again, happen by chance. So we're going to be touching on this here soon. All right. Um, this is going to be a good one, guys. So Dr. Steen. Woo. And guys, Dr. Steen's an author. She is getting ready to relaunch a book, but it's now going to be part of a series called the Shut Up and Let Me series. We're going to touch on that. It's some good stuff. It's groundbreaking. It's thought engineering at its best. Um, we're going to touch on that, but we're going to go over the top three things that are keeping you from reaching your full potential in your business, in your career, in your relationships, and ultimately life. So you can call Dr. Steen a performance coach, right? Um, she's doing some amazing things. Um, thank you. You know, I see on Cookie already saying, please share Dr. Steen's contact info. So what? So you know what, on Cookie, guess what? Here's what we're going to do. Boom. There you go, on Cookie. Reach Dr. Steen at www.sandrasteen.com. I'm also going to show you a few other ways you can do that, but I'm just going to let this roll throughout um, intermittently throughout the broadcast. So um, people are already saying, Dr. Steen, they want to know how to reach you and they want to share this information. So it's right there at the bottom of the screen. This is some good stuff, guys. All right. So here we go. Dr. Steen. The top three things. How do you want to go at it? Do you want to list all three or do we want to keep the people waiting and you go one by one and we we just go through them methodically? How do you want to do it? You're in control. Remember, I get a lot of my coaching from you, even on how to do these types of things. Right. Well, first of all, Marcus, you bring so much to the table and I'm delighted to be here with you. Uh, we've been working together. I guess it's been two or three years. And I want to thank Crystal 
You know, yeah. it's awesome when a wife can look at the destiny of her husband and Absolutely. she happened to be in a leadership class I was doing for a church. And right. uh, she recognized that this is something that my husband needs to hear. And she made the connection and I am grateful for her making that connection. What an awesome family you have. I just really applaud what you're doing. And uh, I'm finally here. I know it's been a long time coming. It's been a lot going on and we've been traveling. But you know, when I talk about these top three things, um, I am going to be very transparent and vulnerable. I like a lot of what Brene Brown says about vulnerability after 11,000 pieces of data. Now she's a researcher and a scientist and she was doing all of this research to prove or disprove whatever theory she was going after. But at the end of the day, what she proved is that the people who can put themselves out there in transparency are the most courageous in the world. And I like the way Maya Angelou said that the greatest of all virtues is courage, because if you don't have courage, you can't accomplish any of the virtues. So it takes courage to put your life out there and tell about your failures. And yet I would be amiss if I talk about these blocks and how to get around them if I can't share with you some of my own failures, some of my own blind spots. And by the way, we all have blind spots. There's no such thing as perfect. And so when I talk about these three things that are affecting us, there's probably something in your life that you'll start to see that will appear as a blind spot. Now, before I get started, Marcus, I want to define blind spots because we use those words, but what do we really mean? Now, for me, I want to demonstrate blind spots for those who are here with us now. I want you to take your left hand and I want you to examine your left hand. Can everybody? Yeah, just, just examine your left hand, which you just look at it. Now, I want you to take your right hand and examine it. Everybody look at your right hand and examine it. Okay, you can see that real clear, right? Oh, good. See, you can see your hand. Now, I want you to look at the back of your neck and tell me what's going on back there. <laughs> uh. That, ladies and gentlemen, is a blind spot. It's your neck and you can't see it except somebody tell you or you get some kind of instrument. Either way, you need a third party. Now, that's the way life is. We've got something going on at all times that other people see and it's on us, but we are not aware. It's our back of the neck experiences. We have a back of the neck in our personality. We have the back of the neck in our decision making. You got a back of the neck going on in your marriage, in your career. And so what I want to do is start out by helping you to identify where those blind spots are. And so the three major areas, and I'll announce what those three areas, so you want to stay around for, for each one of them. One mm. is the sin of comparison. It's killing us. It's stopping us. I know a lot about that because when you compare, and now that we're in the age of social media, what we're doing is 
We're basically looking at our life and looking at somebody's joy reels because for that one shot that got posted, there were 30 that got eliminated. And nobody's talking about their failures on, on social media. They're all talking about their wins. And then we're scrolling, comparing our losses or our different season to what's going on in their superficial wins. They're not even wins sometimes. And so it's killing us. And I hate to use that word because I'm going to talk about some other things, but we've got to stop it. We've got to stop it. And uh, because there's only two places you can go. And I'll talk about that one in just a minute. The other uh, issue that I believe is keeping us stuck, we're not getting to the next level, is a lack of focus. We are, we are ADD. We are ADD in the spirit. We're ADD in the natural. And uh, we can't get to where God wants us to go when we can't hear or know his voice. And you won't know his voice when there is no white space and no focus in your life. And you can't have a plan when you have no focus. So that's going to be uh, number two. Number three, and this one where we'll spend most of our time, is that we are getting stuck because we're ignoring the needs of our inner child. And there is a little one inside of each of us and the little one wants to protect you. And until you understand the needs of that little child inside of you, you're going to see that that little one, just like your natural born children, is wow. trying to get your attention. And we're gonna talk about how you allow the inner child to get your attention so that you, the big adult, can move on because it's happening all the time. We need a plan, we need a plan. So let's start, uh, Marcus, we can start with this comparison thing. It, okay, it, let's go, let's go, let's comparison go. Comparison is a thief, it is a robber, and it is a killer. Why? Because whenever you are comparing yourself, there's only two places that you can go. You either feel less than or you feel more than. And either of those places are not the than where you should be. So if I compare and I'm feeling less than you, you know, then I'm trying to copy you. You see, competition, whenever you're competing with someone, you have identified them as a standard. But the problem is, is that when we get a copy of a copy of a copy, it leads to a blank page. We need you to be the original God created you to be. Now, we know that God had a plan because he said, I knew you in the womb. He told Jeremiah, I called you. I knew you were a prophet. It didn't come as a surprise. Now, if God said that to Jeremiah, he said it to you. I knew you in the womb. Lady, gentlemen, I knew you. And there was a purpose that God had in mind. So you can't afford to compare yourself to anyone. You can only compare yourself to the plan. And that's where we move in destiny. When we are comparing ourselves to a plan and not a person. 
it is extremely, extremely important. Wow. Wow. <laughs> All right. All right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. You know, Marcus, here's something else. Uh, just being relevant and real. You know, uh, have you ever had to stage a photograph? Yes. Yeah. Well, it, it's interesting because uh, I was listening to a speaker and he showed us a picture and the picture was this young lady and she was in this beautiful scenery of grass. And you all look at this picture, as he said, and we would think, oh, she's got everything. Oh, look at that. Why can't I look like that? Why am I not having that moment? And then you get behind the stages and she's actually down on the ground in the weeds. And her husband's taking the picture from up high stage. How many times have we looked at the lives of people and think that they have it all and we have nothing? You see, the absence of gratitude is also the absence of joy. And that's been proven through science. Every person that had joy lived in gratitude. You cannot live in gratitude with a constant comparison. And sometimes we are literally comparing ourselves to things that aren't real. I can't tell you how many times I have been attacked by jealousy when I was in my worst season. So the very thing that they thought I had, I didn't. And I'm telling you, when you're scrolling through social media, it is the highlight of their life. It is not all of the bad stuff. Now, I don't care if you're one of the Kardashians or J-Lo. There is no perfect life. And although we're getting sound bites, when you resort to comparison, you're going to get stuck. It's not about the comparison. It's about the design and the destiny that God had in mind for you. Find it, know it, live it. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> Y'all, I told you this. I told you this is why, um, and I'm just being absolutely honest. Dr. Steen knows me very well. I can only take so much. Dr. Steen will start unraveling a situation in in my in in a blind spot in my life, and I have to say, Dr. Sheen, I can't take no more because <laughs> what she's saying is anointing. This is the only lady. This is the only person I've ever seen, and blended family playbook audience. This is the only person I've ever seen that can walk into corporate America, Fortune fifty, Fortune five hundred companies, and do literal transformation where you get buttoned up suit and tie people at the end of the session shedding tears because the whole experience has been that transformational because it's not only now affected their corporate life, but now they see that they've been able to change from a personal standpoint. Now that they can, they can go in and now see where they need to come up as, as a husband or a father or a wife and a sister or y'all, I'm just telling you, that's why I had to have this this young woman 
on my show today. So this is good stuff. Young. What I want you to do, don't get so caught up though, you forget to not share this. Sharing is caring, guys. Somebody else needs to hear this. Share this right now so they can join in and see this. So please go ahead, Dr. Steen. Yeah, well, you know, so comparison is number one while we're getting stuff. And uh, we're, we're really trying to uh, be the copy of the next great thing. And rather than being the original from the thing that God called from existence, from the womb. And it's so, so important now, especially. You know, I am a, I am a kingdom citizen. And I get excited about the kingdom of God. I've not found anything greater than God's plan. Now, if you found something better than God's plan, um, I don't even want to hear about it because I know it's counterfeit. Because God's plan is good. His love is perfect. And when we enter into his plan, there's just nothing better. And so when we seek the kingdom, and the kingdom is not just churchdom. Uh, I love the idea that God is everywhere, that yes, we come to church and we expect, you know, there's a real expectation, but I'm an out of the box girl. And so I love the experience uh, of feeling God's presence at church, but it's nothing like it when you can move into the realm of the workplace and God's presence is there. What about in arts and entertainment? God's presence is there too. And in government and, and uh, in education and of course the family and medical and media. My point is this, God is everywhere. He's omnipresent, he's sovereign and experiencing his plan. Although there have been some people who have misinterpreted, let me just remind you that the plan is good. He said, the plans I have for you are to uh, make, it good for you to give you a hope, give you a great future and to never, never harm you. I don't care what people are saying. God's plan is good. God's going to win. His plan is good. Don't compare yourself to anyone. God had an original design in mind. And the second part that will help us to move, Marcus, is when we can become focused. Focus, focus. Now, what do I mean by focus? Focus is intentional. It's it's planning. Now, you cannot, let me just say this, you cannot be focused if you have no white space in your life. Now, I know it sounds really chic and, and it makes you sound like you're really important when you can tell people how busy you are. But busy is an enemy. And here's why, because it is in the quiet times of your life where your major, major areas of direction will be revealed. You must carve out white space. Now, I'm not talking about getting legalistic and you've got to, you know, maybe pray all day. I'm not saying that. I don't care how much time it is. I'm just saying being intentional to get quiet, to get still. Why is it that the prophet, as we read about the prophet, he said, I will rise early in the morning and I will see what God has to say. He didn't say here, see. Now, here's part of focus. 
I encourage you that when you are doing business with God for that God big thing in your life, then how can you implement a plan that you haven't heard? And how can you hear unless you become intentional? And so having time and not only having that white space, Marcus, but writing it down. We are not just auditory. 20% of learning and retention happens through auditory. But when we add something visual, so whether it's a journal now, I'm going to be honest, I used to hate journals. I thought that it was the saddest thing because when I was journaling at the time, I found myself writing a lot of sad things. But that's not the kind of journaling I'm talking about. I'm talking about writing plans and instruction. I was up early one morning and I was just quiet. I, I, I had nothing on my mind. I was just being still. Sometimes I'll play music to draw my mind in, but then I'll just get still and, and begin to focus on what is it most important for me to do this week for this day. And in that moment, I heard something real simple. I heard a person's name and I wrote her name down and I heard she will be here in three months. Look for it because she is tied to a very important project. Now I wrote her name down and I can tell you three months to the day she appeared and worked on one of the most important projects I've worked on this year. And that's the kind of thing that I'm saying that those of you who are moving into your destiny and going to the next level, you can't afford to lose time watching people who are not part of the plan or comparing yourself to them and not listening to the God of all flesh. He has a good plan. Listen for that good plan. It's coming. You've been hearing me say this. If you follow me on Facebook, I say the best ever. Well, before I stop saying that, I'm going to add some more to it because it was God himself that spoke it. And he said, the best ever is coming. Declare it. The best ever is coming. And that's exactly what's happening. But you can't just be so busy that you never hear. Now, let me put it in a natural uh, uh, slant. If you are too busy for your spouse, too busy for your kids, if you're too busy for your boss, what's going to happen? <laughs> Not the best. We make time for what's important. And I'm saying that creating that white space, that listening time, that quiet time, uh, if it's late at night, or early in the morning, whatever it is, whenever it is, it's time where you can hear from the God of all flesh and it, it will be powerful. So how do you, so we're, we're, you know, in tying the sin of comparing in the day of social media, how does a person reconcile? Because how do they reconcile this? Because we have teenagers committing suicide because they're not getting the same amount of likes as you wow. know, the next, the next person. But let's not, let's not stop there. We have grown adults. Yeah. Where if they're not getting the amount of likes they 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 feel they should, they can also lapse into depression. Science is showing it that, and it's not Facebook, it's not Instagram's fault, it's people's fault. No, they're not to blame. They're just providing a platform. What is going on, Doctor Steen, with this? Because it's it's a sickness. I mean, they're almost calling it a social media sickness. Wow. 
I'm so glad you asked that question, uh, Marcus, because there is something going on. Now, we're seeing some of uh, the famous icons who are taking their own lives, and you look at their life. Now, let's say you were comparing your life. Uh, wow, I wish, I wish my name were on handbags and on perfumes, and, and I was worth billions. And yet, the person who had that took her own life and wrote a note to her kid saying, it's not your fault. Think about your dad. So even leaving, there was some frustration. Um, and, uh, you know, the comedian, what's his name that uh, committed suicide? That's been a couple years back. Funny guy. Um, his name, his name uh, fails me right now. But, but yes, there is something going on. Now, if I could just be very, very transparent, I can tell you that uh, in my early years, and when I say this, people have a hard time believing it, and they look at me like I have three heads, and they say, no, not you. And so what I'm going to tell you, I've not shared on a public platform. Actually, I was getting ready to release this message because just as you brought it up, Marcus, about something going on, I began to feel it because it was very close to me. And that is that in my early years, I was very, very depressed. I mean, suicidal thoughts daily. Uh, even on one occasion, I tell the story about how I had decided to take my own life. And at the moment that I decided to take my own life, I was sitting in my dining room. I was in Kansas City, Missouri, and I had the pills and I had done the research and I knew that the amount of prescription medicine that I was about to take, that it was going to end my life so much so that I was actually trying to figure out where they would find my body. I wanted to be strategic about that. I wrote a little note explaining them. I had even gotten to the point where I no longer believe that God wouldn't forgive me of this sin, taking my own life. And I had a quiet resolve. So I thought. At the moment, it was late at night, it was snow on the ground, and it was below zero weather. And I had these pills in my hand, Marcus, and uh, I was going to end this deep, dark depression. I'll tell you, a lot of my depression, and I I'll explain this more, was coming from rejection. I never felt good enough. I, I, didn't felt, I, I just felt like I wasn't worth it. Um, I'm never going to be thin enough to do this. I mean, when I looked at the world situation, you had to look a certain way. You had to be. So I just felt like I had no value. I had those pills about to take a loud knock on my door. Now, I am just going, who could be knocking on my door at this hour? It's cold. What's going on? I looked out the window and there was a familiar face. I'm not going to call her name just yet, but. When I saw her, I didn't know whether to just ignore it, but something inside of me would not let me ignore her. So I opened up the door. When I opened up the door, she called me Steam. That's what they call me, Steam. She said, Steam, I don't know why I had to come this far, because it was an hour's drive in this cold snow to give you a message from God. She said, but I had to come all this way to tell you this. God loves you so much. Marcus, when she said that to me, there was an overwhelming 
Oh my God, I, 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 I could not contain it. I, I fell to the ground because I knew nobody knew what was about to take place. So I knew it was authentic. This was not something made up. This was real. I was experiencing the love of God. And, and, and there's a song that talks about the overwhelming, reckless love that comes after you. Now, he wrote that song recently. But I got to tell you that at that moment, that was overwhelming, reckless love coming after me. I couldn't deny it. I'm on the ground, pills splattered everywhere. And my friend is looking and she begins to weep because she knows that if she had not obeyed God, her friend would be dead. Now, here's what I know is going on from someone who suffered from the deep, dark depression, from someone who made the suicidal attempt that God said, no, it's too soon. I know that every time I had a suicidal thought, I had a codependency. And that's what's going on, Mark. Marcus, we are creating codependency on things that are destined to fail us. What do I mean? When you have a codependency on a job, when you lose a job, you want to lose your life. It was destined to fail you. Nothing is forever. A codependency, I had codependency on wrong relationships, whether it was someone I was dating or whether it was a family member or a friend. We are not to put all of our trust in what is designed to fail us. Now, see, God's love never fails. And when we have our trust, our hope in the thing that sustains us, that will not fail us, then we don't get into the dark caves of hopelessness. We know that though we weep through the night, joy will come in the morning. And so codependency is what's happening. That's what happened to Kate Spade. There was a codependency somewhere. We cannot afford to give our hope to what will fail. Dr. Steen, I got to step in. I, I feel God in this conversation. And then one of my buddies that I've known for over 20 years brings tears to my eyes. I want you to read this. He says, my struggle in life every day. This is my buddy, Dominic Rivas out of Albuquerque. Love his mom and dad, know his family. He struggles every day to forgive himself because he wasn't there when his um, brother, Fred Hines, Fred Hines, mutual friend of ours, he died in a motorcycle accident okay. um, several years ago. And he says the night he passed away, he was locked up in jail and it kills him every day. My my boy, Dominic, I'm looking at you in this camera, man. I want you to be forgiven. Dominic, you can't carry that with you because it translates into so many things that 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 um, manifest physically and mentally. You don't need to carry that, man. It's not your fault. God forgives you all. You, he, he's been forgiven you. He's been. He's done that. So, Dominic, man, I love you, bro. Don't worry about that. Dr. Steen, do you have anything to say to Dominic? Yes, I say to you, Dominic, that, you know, we must feel the pain of loss every time before we can truly feel the joy of our victory. Now, you feeling the pain of loss, but it's now to embrace the joy of victory. And there is victory in every situation when we're doing business with a sovereign God. See, it's appointed unto man to die. 
And when you have taken on the responsibility of what should have been, could have been, might have been, then you have stepped in the place of sovereign God. And it's now time for you to release it and say, you know, God is sovereign. He makes no mistakes. And though the timing was not the way that I would have liked it, I release myself of wrongdoing so that I might enjoy the victory and the joy of a new day. It's a new day. Embrace it. That's that's awesome. And Dr. Steen, just to let you know, Dominic, uh, I think it's his oldest daughter or middle. She is actually um, at Oral, Oral Roberts University currently. So he's got a great family. Love, that's my boy from uh, way back in the day. Thank you for that, Dominic. Man, keep holding on, man. You got yeah. you got too much going on, my man. I love you. Okay. All right, Doctor Steen, go ahead. Um, man, this is good, Doctor Steen. We at six forty-five right now. But oh we wow! Okay. Okay. We, the, wow. The, 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 Fast, right? <laughs> I moves fast when you're when you're dropping so many nuggets. So y'all, he, you've got to share this. Now, this is the other one I want you to see. I just wrote it up on the screen. You must feel the pain of loss in order to enjoy victory. Y'all, that I want you to understand how profound that is. So if you think that you're gonna go through life and never experience anything but call yourself a victor, I'm sorry. Somewhere along the line, you have created this facade because loss is a part of life. Yes. And victory is on the other side of loss. So I'm just letting you know, if you want to make it, you got to get ready for experiencing the loss. But Dr. Steen, part uh, number two in your blind spot and definitely number three are how people lose in life because they're not they're not dealing with these blind spots the correct way. So go ahead, Dr. Steen. I'm going to go ahead. Please just, just let's, let's get going. Let's get in it. Yeah, let's get interesting in. that, uh, uh, I appreciate, you know, the last question that wasn't really a part of uh, what I was going to talk about in terms of what you said, you know, there's something going on. And uh, so it's for the first time on your platform, I thought it was going to be on another platform that I give that transparent message about my struggle with suicide and how God intervened. I, I would also add this. Uh, there are people that do need something chemically to maybe balance out their depression and God can use that. But I also know that God can do it like he did it for me. Uh, after that incident, I never struggled with the deep, dark depression um, from that moment on. So that was um, that was a major, major deal. See, we can't we can't have these codependencies. I like, uh, I see somebody saying I made an idol of my career. Those idols are destined to fail you. It, 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 it will just happen. They will fail you. I believe that there is a place in all of us that God designed that only he himself can feel us. And that's why sometimes when people have everything, they still feel like something is missing. And that's because God himself will feel that. And we can't have codependency on a person. I know you love your wife, you love your husband, you're supposed to, but there's not to be a codependency. You have to know that it is God. It is God that's in control. Now, the third place that uh, gets us stuck 
that's keeping us in life and career and business, I believe, is how we are not really understanding uh, the inner child. And uh, what do I mean by the inner child? There is a person, a child in us, and that child experienced something in life. I don't know how old he or she is for you. But I do know that in my experience, it was my eight-year-old child. Now, as I use myself, and once again, I'm, I'm transparent now. I was doing a webinar, Marcus. I had about a 1,000 people on the line, and I had no idea that when I shared my story that there would be so many testimonials of breakthrough that were happening because what I shared is that here I am, a motivational speaker, inspiration galore. Over half a million people I, I had at that point reached. It's probably well over a million now. But even in the midst of that, I would feel rejection. I never felt good enough. I don't care how many accolades came. I didn't feel good enough. Now, I don't know if that's you, but I'm just telling you, me, rejection is a hidden and a silent killer. And I believe rejection is gripping the necks and hearts of God's people because we are becoming so insecure. We, When God is giving us the assignment, we're trying to tell him about our inadequacy. And God is saying, but if I give you the assignment, I'm going to equip you. And we're not seeing how we're equipped because we're comparing. And so now we feel so insecure, we can't do it. Well, I was that person that could get up and thrill a crowd and then go home and feel miserably rejected. Now, what I realized when I constantly, I was seeking answers. I talked to the best and the brightest. I talked to the PhDs, but then I had a conversation with God. And God showed me that it was the little girl in me who was causing me to feel rejection. Guys, I had no idea what that really meant. But it was in the quiet time. It was in the digging. You know, uh, it really bothers me at times when people say, well, if God has something for me, he'll just tell me. Ladies and gentlemen, God speaks in parables and symbols. You know why? Because it is about the relationship that he wants with you. And sometimes when you're digging it out, the revelation exposes a new level of relationship. And that's what happened for me. And the revelation that came was a little girl, eight years old, who had been raised by her grandmother. Her grandmother sacrificed her life for her. Now, my mom birthed 13 kids, and I was number eight. That's why I love the number eight, New Beginnings. And my grandmother raised me because my mom was young, and there was a lot of irresponsibility, and my grandmother couldn't stand it, so she took the eight-year-old Sandra. But the eight-year-old Sandra kept hearing grandmother talk about, I'm too old for this. You know, I, I, I should be enjoying my life. And here I am with, with little kids. She didn't mean any harm. But what does the mind of an eight-year-old say? Eight-year-old says, I'm causing pain for my grandmother. And, and I, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not wanted here. That's how an eight-year-old process. An eight-year-old process, it is rejection. I became a super overworked woman 
because a little girl, eight years old, had to prove her worth and she had to be smart and she cleaned the house and she did everything she could do so grandmother wouldn't take her home. But you know what happened? The eight-year-old was still there and here I am an adult. And when I would show up, the eight-year-old Sandra would remind me of how you need to prove your worth. You got to go beyond the call of duty or somebody's not going to accept you. Wow. And she would remind me constantly of rejection. And I'm saying to you that I'm not the only one. I know now. I know now what God has shown me. And I went to God and I said, God, how do I heal this process, this little girl? She's crying out about this rejection. And so the adult woman can't be released from it. And here's what I learned. And I share this with you. It was in that moment, God began to bring me back to a very simple process. He said, you can't enter into the kingdom of God, except you become as a little child. Remember, he said, bring the child to me. Now we read and hear that. And uh, see, I, I don't see the Bible as stories or anything. I see the Bible as decisions and those decisions lead to destiny. That's why we have the stories. But in the story, he says, suffer the little children to come to me and don't forbid them. Well, I didn't have children. So you know what I thought? I thought that was about your children. I thought you take those children to the altar and you allow God to, you know, uh, pray for them and touch them. But God is also saying to you that you are the father of a little boy inside of you. You are the mother of a little girl inside of you. And that little one who was impacted at some age is crying out for you. Don't ignore me anymore. I, I, I've been ignored enough. I need you to hear my pain. And I'm saying to you, until you can take that child to Jesus to be released, to be healed, that child will try and protect you. And I want you to be able to look in the mirror. If you were looking at your son, your physical son, if you were looking at your physical daughter and they were in pain, what would you do? You would take them. You would embrace them. You would assure them. You would let them know that you're there for them. What are and when are you going to do that for your own inner child, to embrace that child? You see, here's the, here's the truth of the matter. Being a parent does not mean you're not, that you're going to be perfect. Even the best of parents. And I've, I've traveled the world and, and I've seen people who would say, I had a really good uh, childhood, Dr. Steen, and I can saying man to that i can say wonderful but here's the truth of the matter there are many of us who were impacted even by good parents the parent who didn't know how to show affection got judged by the little one the parent who maybe put too much emphasis on your sibling they got judged by the little inner child 
the parent who wasn't there because they had to work so hard. And in their process of working hard, they missed the game and the inner child got impacted by that missed game. And the list goes on. The parent is doing all they know how, but there is a child that doesn't know how to process the pain that has hit them. And I'm saying that child is in you. And that child wants to remain known. That child wants to be heard. And to do that, that child will trip you up until you will come to the point of reconciling the child in love. Nothing changes until we touch it with love. Your inner child needs to be touched by love. When are you going to do it? All right, hold on, hold on. It's too much. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Nothing changes, especially with an inner child, until you touch it with love. Nothing. So, so Doctor Steen, all those people out there, I don't care from from myself to the biggest leaders to the greatest politicians. Everybody has an inner child that they have to manage. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the child has an age that only you can identify. It's at the point of the most significant impact of whatever the pain was. And that is the child that has the biggest voice as an adult. And you can identify, you know, Marcus, when I was on the webinar and I was talking about the inner child, it was so interesting because one of the participants was actually in Austria. And um, she had come to me, we were working through some coaching issues and we kept hitting this wall. Now she had uh, become a multimillionaire and uh, was deemed successful by many of her peers and in her country. But she kept saying, but Dr. Steen, I don't feel successful. And uh, there was just a pain point and it had become invisible. You see, we can't, it's, it's very hard to change something that we can't identify. And so we must identify that pain, feel it, so then we can experience the joy of victory. In our process of coaching, we came across her inner child and guess how old her inner child was. Now she was 58 and her inner child was nine months old. Jesus, my God. So when she experienced what it was that was the silent voice that kept tripping her up, it was a nine-month-old baby who knew that they were about to be born to a pedophile dad. So much so that that baby was born at 10 months rather than nine. It kept delaying coming. And she began to feel the pain of even an infant who knew that a pedophile father was going to create an atmosphere for her that was going to be painful, very, very painful. And at three years old, her inner child began to manifest because that was at the point that dad abused the three-year-old and she began to remember it. And it was during that process that we began to love on that baby and love on that three-year-old and first of all assure them that there was nothing that they did wrong 
and that they had to forgive parents that uh, had had uh, you know abused, had misused. Uh, uh, Miles Monroe said it best: when you don't know the purpose of something, abuse is inevitable. They had lost the purpose of a child. Dad had, and we uh, allowed her to begin to parent the three-year-old, to properly parent her and love her, touch it with love, touch it with love. You see, even in a relationship, a marriage, whatever, and you you kind of talked about that earlier, you can touch your marriage with frustration. You can touch it with anger. You can touch it with all unforgiveness. But until you change it, you will touch it with love. That's when it changes when you touch it with love, because nothing's going to change. Yeah. You got a child that's not really doing what they need to do. You know, um, all of your frustration is not what changes. Love, love, love is compelling. But it was at the point that she began to love that inner child, that baby that had been crying out to her. Because see, that wound and that space in you, while you have grown up as an adult, the memory of that has remained at the point that it happened with the child. And it's time that we learn to touch that inner child with love. So, so Dr. Steen, this is what um, the crux of it, right? And this is where you're getting ready to, to launch a, a program yes. in helping people identify their inner child, but not just identify because what is how, what's that how, what's that uh, phrase you use? You can't until you identify something. You can't. What 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 is it, Doctor Steen? Help me out with that. You just mentioned it yesterday when we were. Well, you can't uh, change anything until you identify what it is that needs to be changed. So you've got to you've got to be able to identify. And what happens? It's that silent thing that's pulling on us. Yeah, I was with uh, recently. I was with. Uh, some very high profile corporate leaders. And we were talking about reconciling and building consensus with their team. So I'm talking about the inner child now in your career. And uh, as I began to talk to them, I asked them a question. You know, we identify temperaments and the personalities, and now there's emotional intelligence and all of these things are part of the revelation. But there's, you know, if you are the high D personality, what is the impact of the inner child on you? And so we talked about that. And as we began to expound on that in the workplace, we began to talk about sometimes as a coach, you've got to understand that you're not coaching the adult. You're dealing with the inner child, the child that needs to protect you, the child that says, but we were abused and we were rejected and mom never had time for us. And dad never said he was proud of me and he wasn't there for me. All of that's inner child, inner child on the adult. I mean, why is it that in the prison in the prison, the people who do prison ministry will tell you this, that every person, male prisoner, when they talk to them about the father saying, never saying I was proud of you, you can expect tears. Inner child, the memory is set. 
and we're fighting this thing that we've not identified. Now, don't articulate what's wrong and, and then we uh, stutter through how to resolve it. Touch it with love. What I'm saying to you is what I had to do with little Sandra. I had to invite her into my adult life and say, little Sandra, you are not rejected. I know there was a time grandmother was doing the best she could. She had raised so many of her grandkids and, and mom came around. But at the time she was 15 years old and having children and she didn't know. We released them. We released them. And I want you to know that I need your help because I don't need to feel rejected now. I need to feel accepted to move on and I need you to help me. You need to look in the mirror and see that little child and say, I love you and mama's going somewhere, but she's taking you with her. Dad's going somewhere, little one, and he's gonna take you with him. You're not gonna be abandoned. Nobody's going to take advantage of you. Let me go. Like, love you. Y'all, I'm sorry. I've, I've just, uh, I've just totally eliminated protocol. Comes <laughs> to doing an interview. I'm, I'm off camera. I'm, I'm shaking my head. I got, I'm, 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 I'm just speechless. I didn't know we were going this deep. And again. Um, this is one, guys, that you you must share because every single person on this earth, especially those that are in leadership positions, has experienced pain. But unresolved pain can always be traced back to that inner child at the point of the trauma. And when you think about certain children or certain spans of a person's life, they're experiencing multiple, multiple points of trauma Dr. Steen, correct me if I'm wrong. You can have people that, that are experiencing multiple traumas and depending on the situation, it's traced back to that, that particular point in that person's life as a child. Is that right? Yes. And, and, and we must understand so sometimes we're wanting to make it so prolific that it was abuse, abuse, abuse. But what about the parent that was too strict, the parent that was too religious? the parent that was not protected, the parent that made bad decisions. There are even the inner child, the little girl who watched mom not stand up for herself and she lost respect for a mother who couldn't make decisions to not be disrespected. And she's there and she's saying to your adult, you'll never let a man talk to you like that. Don't ever, ever, ever. Oh, they were too religious. No, you can't let that happen. And so now we've got the extreme in many cases, maybe of the Gen X who were their inner child felt their parent was too religious or too strict. And so I'm going to give my child everything and, and I'm going to let my child do anything. And so now we're seeing the effect of anything goes. And we feel there, there's a generation that feels entitled because the inner child of the parent said, you know what, I must give them more than what I was given. We got 
to stop the madness. Jesus. Touch it. We, so you what you're telling me is we got we got a bunch of people in this world that are adults in positions of power and influence being governed by an inner child that is still suffering trauma. Absolutely. 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 And while we recognize the power of uh, of good counsel therapy, um, I, I believe the power of all of that. I say we are a nation in need of deliverance. And that deliverance has a spiritual connotation. And so we need a hybrid approach. We need the best counselors. We need the best psychologists, the best psychiatrists. If you're bipolar, there's medicine for it. But the hybrid approach can't treat a tripart being and only treat one part. We are mind, body, and we are spirit. We are spirit too. And the spirit must come into the place of deliverance. And so we need a tripart hybrid approach. And part of that hybrid approach is where we allow the inner child to be brought to Jesus just as he commanded. Bring them to me. There's so much in the book of wonder, the best-selling book of all times. Not a book, not just a book of stories, not a book just of theology. It is a book of deliverance. I came that you might have life and have it abundant. We want the abundant life. And the abundant life is not abundance of things. The abundant life is an abundance of peace, an abundance of joy. And we can't get to the abundant life by ignoring the one who brings it. We can't do it. So we're a nation in need of deliverance. So Dr. Steen, what about the person who is always able to see, and it's like what the Bible says, right? I can see, you, you know, I got this huge beam in my eye, but I'm always noticing everybody else's. I, I notice everybody else got inner child issues, but I don't see it myself. So how do you challenge a person who is really good at seeing somebody else's inner child issue, but they but but they can't see their own? How do you address folk that's like that? Because I know there's some people on this show that are wondering, how can I help? Right. That's a brilliant question. It's a great question, Marcus. And here's the place that I've come to in all of my relationships is that we make choices. I would that you choose good, but before you is good and evil. I would that you choose life, but there's life and death. We've got to get to the point where we make our highest choice and we respect the highest choice of others. So my highest choice is to live in the abundance of knowing all that God has given me to be free. But if you don't choose that, I respect your highest choice. I hope that you will choose better. But if you don't, I am not codependent so that your choice affects me. I make my choice and I respect your choice. But I encourage you that if you're seeing the beam in everybody else's eye, it's because you have not taken a look 
at the back of your neck. <laughs> and you can't see it except you get help. Oh my, this is okay. And, and so I want y'all to understand this is why I, I can only take so much of Dr. Steen. It's not a bad thing. I she literally taps into your nerve center and dances all on it until you start changing because she demands the best. And I'm going to tell you, my inner child, and I've shared this with my wife, I've shared this with Dr. Steenis, who helped me identify it, because <laughs> Dr. I, I can become very defensive mm -hmm. because there was a, a uh, traumatic experience that happened uh, to me when I was younger. Mm -hmm. and from that, I always feel that I have to defend myself whenever my integrity is questioned. Right. And I become very, very um, defensive. And I and I and I and I still sometimes allow that to seep into my marriage. Right. Where when my wife questions me and it's just a simple question, my wife can say, well, well, babe, um, I thought you said you was going to get some ice cream at eight o'clock. I blow up. Well, uh, I, I said I was going. It's only 7.59, right? You know, and I mean, I'm blowing up over simple stuff. And whenever I do it, I have to remember, Marcus, tell that inner child. He is forgiven. He can take a backseat. You got it. Because it started affecting my career as well, where I couldn't accept coaching from yeah immediate supervisor or leader, and they could tell I'd be saying, okay, but little Marcus was inside saying, nah, nah, doc, I don't got you. I, I don't feel it. I'm right. I'm the one. Dr. Steen had to pull that out of me. And once I finally was able to identify it, I could then address it and change it. So I'm letting you know that inner child, as I'm speaking into this camera, somebody 50 years from now, I believe will hear this message on Facebook or YouTube or SoundCloud or iTunes, and it's going to impact them and their family for generations to come. So my point is, Dr. Steen, how can people get help? How can they get in touch with you? Because you are a master at helping somebody. You have an anointing on your life. You have, I believe, a direct line from God to be able to help people identify their inner child so they can now have maximum performance in their life. How do they, how, what should they do? Who should they go to? If, they, if it's not you, who can they find that can help them deal with this inner child? Well, I think that, um, you know, it's said best in the book of Proverbs that uh, there's safety in a multitude of counsel. And we all need, you know, four very important relationships in our life. Um, we need role models that people that we can look at and um, not that we want to copy their lives, but they show us what's possible. And we need role models in our lives. We need uh, coaches and mentors. Very, very important. Um, if you need coaching, find a good one. Now, I happen to be a different type of coach. And for that reason, I may not be for everybody because I'm going to go deep. 
and I'm going to go hybrid because we're tripart beings. And so uh, many of my coaching uh, clients have gone on to make millions. And I, I and I'm really excited about that. But they spent some quality time with me and they would say they would feel drained and they were tired. But uh, like a good coach, I didn't let them settle. And now they're seeing, you know, some major success. They're exceeding me and I'm I'm excited to see it. But we need coaches and mentors. We need partners. And a partner is a person that will, you know, actually write a check for what we're doing. And then we need friends and friends are the type of people who applaud when we're winning. Don't confuse people who enjoy your company because there are people who enjoy being around you, but they're not necessarily happy when you're winning. That's not a friend. That's somebody that uh, just likes you and they enjoy, you know, what you bring to the table and they know uh, there's an opportunity with on your coattail. That's not a friend. A friend is somebody who's cheering for you. They want you to win and they want you to win big. That's a friend. They're few and far between, but we need them. And those are the people that they we can we can rest and and not feel like we're you know, we're in showtime. We have to be somebody else. They allow us to be who we are. We can show them their scars, our wounds, and they won't judge us. So uh, we need all of those relationships in our life. If it is an emotional issue, there's a difference between counseling and coaching. I am a coach. I am not a counselor. I have good relationships with counselors that I will refer you to. But counseling is when something is broken emotionally and it needs to be fixed. And those are uh, are people like uh, Dr. Mark Jones and others. Um, and I can give you names of those people. Um, when you need fixing emotionally, that's counseling. But when nothing's really broken, but you're you're stuck and you need to go to the next level, that's coaching. And that's and I'm your girl for that. You know, when you are serious, when you really are making the decision to go to the next level, I am driven by results and uh, I don't I'm not driven by what I think you should do. I'm driven by what you say God told you to do. And when you tell me that, I will not rest until we see it. That's the kind of coach I am. And I know in order to do that, you've got to understand yourself. So many people are trying to launch a product when they don't understand where they are in their season. They don't understand destiny. They don't understand plans. And uh, they're just sitting there saying, well, I'm just waiting on God. And God is saying, I'm waiting on you to present me a plan. And so I'm the type of person that will help you put a plan together. But most of all, I'm going to help you to know you. I ask a lot of people when I'm doing research, what do you think uh, I give to you? What is the biggest thing I give to you? And I've heard this over and over. Dr. Steen, I have never dealt with anybody that helped me to understand myself the way you did. And yeah. you gotta understand you before you can do anything. Absolutely. Um, yeah, this is why Dr. Steen, um, she is a leadership coach to executives of Fortune 500 companies. Um, but let me be very clear. It's not just Fortune 500. I mean, small business owners alike, yeah. um, pastors. Yes. Bring her in, um, to so 
there are so many things. And if you want to reach reach her, I suggest you go to sandrasteen.com. There it is right there on your screen. Or you can reach Dr. Steen at 210-804-0655 or facebook.com forward slash sandrasteen. That's S-A-N-D-R-A-S-T-E-E-N. This is a woman that... I'm just telling you guys, she does some amazing things. She has uh, upped my game in terms of my ability to sell, my ability to read people in terms of identifying personalities. So I'm just I'm just telling you, she is a great person. If you ever want a coach that you and you're trying to go to the next level, this is the person that I would endorse unequivocally because I've seen it and experienced it. Um what what's what's the other thing I wanted to make sure I mentioned, um, Doctor Steen? One last thing, and I want to make sure I deliver on the goods. <laughs> Give me one example or point um, on how you were able to get to these people, these corporations. How were you able to? Because I know people are wondering, like, man, how does she do it? I mean, twenty five out of fifty you were working with. What's your main reason and we're gonna have to have you back i mean everybody i'm seeing <laughs> we're gonna have to bring you back right yeah. um uh, just just to whet their appetite y'all dr steen is not free this woman it, 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 i'm telling you she's changed the course of um history um financially for for me i want y'all to understand that i started closing some very large deals i um at my former company i closed the largest deal in company history yeah. Once I had went through her course on um, uh, her DISC uh, program. Yeah. So I, I want you to understand something that I didn't start closing large deals till I really started understanding personalities and my inner child. When I started putting my inner child in check, when I started understanding personalities, my 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 experience, my my sales, my conversion, it it accelerated. So, um, Dr. Steen, can you give us one point? One point, and we're going to have to bring you back, but one point to help people. You know, um, the one point I would give you would start with um, a story that, a very short story, but um, when I flew into Brazil and when I landed at the airport, there was all this paparazzi there and uh, they were taking pictures and there was a story that that was on the Gazeta Mercantile, which was the number one newspaper in Sao Paulo, Brazil. And they met me and they said, uh, Dejustine, you are considered the foremost authority in the development of people. Um, and we also know that that would be very difficult for you being an African-American woman to become the foremost authority in the world. How did you do that? And here I was, I was actually going to Brazil. I was going to Citibank in Brazil to do a program for them. And, you know, I said to the reporters and they all just kind of began to shake their heads and they just, it was just like an aha moment. And I, I, I'm, I'm gonna give you this as my one point. I said to them that when you are dealing with people in pain, they will forget about your packaging. 
And so I look for people in pain. Because if I were to come to your hospital and you were in great pain and I had a pain pill and you're in, I mean, excruciating pain, would you say to me, give this pill to a man and then he can bring it to me? Or would you take that pain pill and forget about the fact that I'm an African-American female? And they shook their heads. And that's how... I came to Fortune 50 companies because they were in pain. They needed help with their employees. They needed to improve their results. And I had the pain pill. And when you have the pain pill, you have to walk in unapologetically because that pain pill is your God assignment. See, oh. God gave you what you do better than 10,000 others because you are the assignment to somebody in pain. And when you walk up, they don't care about all that other stuff. And so that's how I got to these companies because I spoke to their pain and I brought a pill that cured it. Okay. All right, Dr. Steve. Uh, that's it. Y'all don't get no more free advice. Um, this is some good stuff. That right there is transformative for anybody that is going after any business. Matter of fact, Pastor Anderson, uh, uh, we just... Oh, my Jesus. <laughs> Marcus, I might add this. Uh, first of all, if you call that number, it's only for leaving a message. And then someone, either me or someone from my team will get back with you. Or I would also say that if you go to my website, you can get a complimentary. It'll be 15 minutes and uh, I can talk to you to see if if I am the pain pill. Um, because I'm going to be very honest. If I'm not the answer, I'll make the recommendation of where I think you should go. But if you want the complimentary um, coaching session or, or it's more of a diagnostic, about 15 to 20 minutes, then there's a place on my website where you can actually schedule that. And um, then we can talk. I, I, all right. That's that. I, that's it. I'm, I can't take no more. I'm <laughs> doing, I don't know if any of my viewers can, but this has been so um, enlightening. And I love hearing it over and over again. But I know that some generational curses yes. are going to be broken from this conversation. Yes. Yes, Marcus. Yes. Uh, that's what's exciting to me. And then there's some revelation that has occurred via this conversation because there's a whole lot of people that are probably saying, you know what? That's that's why I'm divorced now for the fourth time, or I'm on my fifth job and I'm about to be fired from it. And they never dealt with those unresolved issues or why they're, they're always drunk or, you know, you know, they have the, the, these challenges in their life. This inner child issue is paramount to getting resolved. And then secondly, Dr. Steen, for those people trying to win in business, when you identify a person's pain pill, they do not care about the packaging that comes with it. Man. Any hospital I've ever seen, I've never seen anybody 
that was in great pain. Now, if they're not in great pain, they may have time to deal with packaging. But if they're in serious pain and you've got the pill, they really don't care about your packaging. And so you've got to care less about your packaging and talk more about your cure. Jesus. All right, y'all. That's, that's, <laughs> that's a wrap. That's I, a wrap for I, would, I would love to come back because I tell you what, we didn't talk about that. Uh, it's something that's another piece of this formula. And that's in 2018. It's the best ever. Yes. But we've got to learn, Marcus, how to upgrade our language. That's something I'm talking about now. How to upgrade. You got to speak a whole new language in 2018. And uh, and I do that in my coaching. You when you come into my coaching, you have to, it's like learning a new dialect or learning a new language. It is the language of the great I am. <laughs> the great I am never spoke. I wish. The great I am, I am that I am. And we are developed in his own image. So we've got to speak the language of the great I am. That's a whole nother show, maybe next time. <laughs> I can't deal with it. I'm done. All right, y'all. I'm done for y'all. No more. Eric, I'm going to answer this question. Pastor Anderson. I, I forgot what your question was. Let me scroll down and bring Pastor Anderson's question because my pastor asked this one. He asked, "Okay." He said, "Doctor's team, do you find many people wanting real, authentic coaching?" Do they really? I, that's a great question, uh, Pastor Anderson. Is that Pastor yep. Anderson yes, asking that? Yes, it's a great question, and I'm glad you asked that. What I find most people want, they want a quick fix. They want quick results but they don't want process. Anything that God does comes with process. And so authentic coaching is process and not instant. God will do suddenly, but God doesn't do instant. See, all these suddenlies that we see in the lives of some people, it was after years and years of process. So coaching is about putting you in a good process and a good process will bring forth a good outcome. But if you don't want a good process, don't call me <laughs> because that's really what it's about over time. And we have to have some patience and you can't just, well, I did this for two weeks over time, over time, a good process. Great question. I'm glad you asked that. <laughs> Yo, I'm done. See, this is what I have to deal with when I'm doing uh partner. You know, she brings me in to help with consulted or I'm getting coached. I did. I have to deal with this, y'all. And I'm taking notes ferociously. And I'm like, well, Dr. can you repeat what you said? Yeah. So our God does not deal in instant. He's he's a suddenly God, but he doesn't deal in instant. He does suddenly, but he doesn't do instant. And so if you're talking about going from a pit to a palace, there's uh, there may be 13 years in between. I'm done. <laughs> but, you I'm know, done. I love the process of doing business with God. And God knows my process has been long, but it is for the perfecting. Think it not strange when you're going through some of these situations because it is perfecting you. Because it's not come to destroy you. It comes to reveal who you are. 
and you are revealed in your struggles. Oh, Jesus. All right. I'm, I, y'all, okay. I can't, I'm good. I'm good. I just, there's another one now. And suddenly. Well, Marcus, God. I love being here. Uh, I remember uh, when you were at, with uh, with me in corporate America and, and I had given you the warning and, uh, you know, you kind of looked at me like, really, Dr. Steen? I said, yes, you know, the Holy Spirit will come into the marketplace and I don't, I'm not sure what will happen. And we saw all of these vice presidents and, you know, men's men who were being arrested by the Holy Spirit at work. And God just began to touch the hearts of people. I'm saying to you, that's the time we're living in. And that's what's making it so excited that the God you experienced this morning at church, you can experience tomorrow morning at work. It's exciting. Mm-mm-mm. Y'all. <laughs> okay, we're going we to now upgrade your language is going to be y'all. I've had a, I've had a taste of her talking about this particular webinar series slash coaching um, platform. And I'm going to tell you it's mind blowing. So maybe Dr. Steen. Um, so y'all, y'all don't know this. Dr. Steen is my resident. Uh, she's the 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 blended family guy, the blended family playbook resident performance coach. All right, she's she's she can come on whenever she wants. If she's like Marcus, I got something I want to share. She can do it um, because this is what she brings to the table. So, um, Doctor Steen, I, I I don't even know what to say, y'all. I'm just um, y'all need to share this. You know you do. Matter of fact, save this broadcast in your Facebook likes, so you can go back to it again and again. And when you're wondering why things are out of whack, if you haven't identified your inner child, you need to, because I guarantee you that's part of, that's probably what's going on in terms of why things are not, not working the way they should. And touch that child with love. Ooh, just shut it down, touch it with love. Nothing changes until you touch it with love. Nothing changes until you touch it with love. And when we upgrade our language, when we upgrade to the language of so many testimonies, and I have my own of the uh, outbreak of wealth that's happening because we're upgrading our language. I've been teaching people this, and they are telling me the things that are happening. And I'm telling you, it is amazing. It's a whole new language. See, we are speaking. God is the God of the past, present, and the future. And we have been speaking the language of the past and the present. But we've got to speak the language of the future. We can't, get, we can't keep describing our moment and not talk about our future. So anyway, that's another show. And I have just enjoyed being here with you, Marcus. I, this has been so good. I, I don't know what to say, Doctor Steve. When I tell you that this is what this this show is about, yeah. Um, you know, every person I have on here brings such relevance to the topic at hand. Yeah. But I'm dealing in the subconscious, the the question behind the question, the person behind the person. Yeah. Oh, this was good. So. Um, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be chopping this up, and some of these 
our, I, you know, I got to post on social media, but man, this has been great. Again, um, to my wife, uh, Dr. Sting, give you a shout out. Nice, Christo. You know, thank you. Connection years ago. And Dr. Sting has been about four years now. Oh, has it been four years? It's it's because yeah. maybe it was two when I did my first leader cast, T7. So it's actually uh, uh, five years. Yeah, you have a great wife. What I really liked is how she talked about you. You know what? People can't hide when their face lights up. Her face lit up when she talked about her husband. And that's what I like. You know, that's not that's not put on. That's that's no, it's not. no that's that's, that's, that's my that's ride or die. I, I I'm fighting with God right now, Dr. Steen, on this whole thing about when we yes. get to heaven, we're gonna be in our glorified bodies. I want my wife. I, yes. I want her right there as my wife in heaven. So me and God still gotta talk about that. I don't know if yes. he's gonna change anything, but that woman um I know loves me. Yeah. And, um, What's the yeah. best one? Yes, yeah. that's awesome. A real friend. Woo! All right, Dr. Steve, we gotta right. go. I gotta let you go. Bye. Um, <laughs> Jesus, Jesus, it's been a good show. Woo, this has been a, this is a barn burner, y'all. Share this, and <laughs> Dr. Steve, we're gonna have you on again right, um, at, at, at that appointed time. Thank Guys, you. you need to forward her to your business, your 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 CEO, the C suite. She does specific not design coaching programs for people in positions of leadership. Yes. And in, so um, I'll talk with y'all later, man. This has been a great show. Thank you for hanging with me. But you can look at this again in replay. All right. I love you guys. I want the best for you. And um, I'll see you next week. We got. All right, all right um, man. I'll see y'all later. Have a good night. Make a great week. All right, Dr. Steen. All right. Bye bye. All right, bye now.